Good morning, church. Before I start with the sermon, I just feel led of the Holy Spirit to tell you that God loves you so much more than you know. Last night at Awaken, we sang a song. I don't know if we're singing it today or not. Uh, but one of the verses said that it was our sin that held Jesus to the cross. And my immediate response was, that's not right. But then I realized it's two sides of the same nickel, the Indian and the buffalo. But one side is more shiny than the other. So this is the shiny side of that. It was God's love for you that held Jesus to the cross. He loves us more than we can imagine. Now, I realize that in life things happen that sometimes might cause us to question God's love for us. I don't have answers, but one thing I know, God knows what we need to go through to arrive at his desire for us. And just as my children did not always like the path I set for them while they were under my care. I don't always enjoy the path that God has set before me at a time or two. But God knows, knew, I need, needed to walk through that. So never doubt God's incredible, overwhelming love for you. Last week, Tom introduced the topic of discord. And he defined discord as a disagreement among persons or things, differences of opinions, variance, opposition, contention, strife, any disagreement which produces angry passions, contests, disputes, litigation, or war. And Tom told us that we felt led of the Holy Spirit to teach on this because we wanted to break an atmosphere of discord that has attacked Christian Outreach Church at various times through our 36, some 36 year history. And so it's not necessarily that anybody here is causing discord at this time. But what it is, is that we want to have the weapons we want to know how God would want us to react if the spirit or atmosphere of discord should raise its ugly head. And it's not just here at the church. It has to do with where I work. I handle it the same way. It might be a worldly institution, but godly principles apply to Christians wherever we go. So today, I will do an overview of discord, of some of its causes, and biblical responses to those causes. So what does cause discord among Christians? Well, simply said, it's sin. Selfish desires, sinful desires. And James says that these desires cause all kinds of problems. 
He wrote that jealousy and selfish ambition among God's people can cause all sorts of trouble in the church. For instance, self-ambition is the willingness to split a group of people in order to achieve a personal desire. It's the desire to have things a certain way, no matter what scripture says, and no matter who it hurts. One of the main tools of discord is the tongue, and in particular, gossip. In James chapter 3, verses 5b and 6, James writes, See how great a forest a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets fire on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. Gossip comes from the pit. The desire to spread gossip is not part of our new nature, but it's part of making us look better at the expense of making someone else look worse. Defying gossip is speaking negatively about somebody in which you are neither part of the problem nor part of the solution. And in James chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. So don't receive gossip against a brother or sister. Don't repeat it. Don't speak it. When someone tries to gossip about another, stop them. And just pleasantly explain to them that since you are neither part of the problem or part of the solution, you really don't want to be involved. So that's step one. The second thing then is to go to the person that they were trying to gossip about and advise that person that somebody was speaking poorly of them. Mention names, because you know what? Sin does not like to be exposed. You want to stop sin? Expose it. So go to them and say, so-and-so is speaking poorly of you. So then it's up to that person that was gossiped about to go to the person doing the gossiping and walk through Matthew 18 with them. And a relationship that could have been dividing will then hopefully become restoring. And that is the end goal of overcoming discord is to restore one another. Another cause is murmuring. James 5.9 says, Do not grumble, grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. I think the greatest story of murmuring is Israel in the wilderness. How long do we have to eat this bread? I'm on, I have been on a low-carb, no-carb diet. I was. 
I would have loved a piece of bread. Somehow a hamburger between two slices of lettuce just is in the hamburger. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> so they grumbled, we want something more than meat or more than bread. And so God gave them meat. Birds. Have you ever tried to eat a piece of overcooked chicken? It, it chews a little difficulty, but then when you start to go to swallow it, it catches right there. Kind of like some biscuits I've eaten at a restaurant I won't mention. Catches right there. And people started to choke and die on it because they weren't satisfied with what God was doing and how God wanted to do it. Murmuring causes discord. The wrong allegiance can cause discord. Walter Brennan, the actor, stated numerous times on the TV show Guns of Will Sonnet, no brag, just fact. I'm going to use that term a couple of times here because I'm going to talk about your eldership. And I want to tell you, we're nobody special. We're sinners like everybody else. When the eldership idea first came about, it started with, there were three individuals. And somehow the Holy Spirit decided it would be good to add some more. And so it grew to six. And yet the Holy Spirit said, that's not enough. We need one more. And so it, it went, it, there were seven elders. When you put seven strong leaders together in one group, you're looking for discord. I don't think the, well, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say so I didn't think somebody knew what he was doing, but I wouldn't say that. <laughs> so we have seven strong leaders. And you know, when we talk in meetings, when we meet, we don't always agree on everything right away. Because we're seven individuals. But what we do is we talk about it. We pray about it. We search the scriptures, what the scriptures say about it. Then we pray some more. Then we talk some more. Sometimes we even table it until the next meeting so we can seek God's will in our personal time. And hopefully when we come together, we will have consensus. What's consensus? It means that we're all comfortable enough with the decision that we want to make that nobody feels a lack of peace about it. I cannot, I could not expect a group of seven leaders to agree on anything. But because we respect each other, because we love each other, because we care for each other's well-being. You know, there have been times I've been wrong in those meetings. I had to change my mind. But I didn't lose any respect. I didn't lose any love. We just grow together. Because we are all committed to one allegiance. And that is not my will. It's not my agenda. It's not any one of our agendas. 
Our only allegiance is to what God wants to do at Christian Outreach Church. And it's that allegiance, that dedication to getting it right, to hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying and do it the way God wants it done. That's what allows seven individual strong leaders to lead as one. As Walter Brennan said, no brag, it's just fact. Where is your allegiance? Whose will are you committed to following? What does discard what does discord do? Discord causes division, which is the very opposite of unity. In this high priestly prayer in John 17, Jesus prays in verses 20 and 21, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Brothers and sisters, why does the world reject Jesus Christ? Because they don't believe God sent him. And what does the Bible say? Why don't they believe that? Because they don't see the unity between individuals that causes them to live as one. They don't see any difference between the church and the world. So why would they believe that Jesus Christ is anybody special? So what do we do with discord then? Well, first, we have to each of us ask ourselves, am I causing discord or discontent with another? Maybe it's just somebody I don't like for, I don't know why, I just don't like them. Or maybe somebody has sinned against me sometime in the past. Or maybe I believe that I should be in that position instead of them. Or maybe I just don't like what the way they're doing things. Probably because they're doing it the same way I do things. I have the hardest problem with people who are the most like me. So, <clears throat> we ask ourselves if we're causing discord. And if we are, we just get our relationship right with God. Repent of your sin and draw close to God. What a gift we have in repentance. Because with repentance comes forgiveness and with repentance comes the cleansing of unrighteousness and with repentance we should become more like Jesus. Repentance isn't a bad thing. It's not a horrible thing. It's a gift. It's a gift 
so that we can fulfill God's calling and God's will for us. Oh, and by the way, well, I'll get to that in a minute. I'm sorry. Never mind. Um, And then exercise your faith with prayer that seeks to do his will and not your own. I dare say there are not one among the elders that at one time or another has not had their own agenda for Christian Outreach Church. But we repent of our own agendas and we seek God's agenda because that's what God has called his people to do. And most importantly, as encouraged in 1 Peter 4.8, let love cover a multitude of sins. You know, nobody on this earth is, per- is perfect. So don't demand perfection of us or of them or of yourself. Nobody on this earth is perfect. Allow the love of Christ in you to cover their sins. Their imperfections. You know, when I worry, I worry about all kinds of things. And 99 point something percent of the time, they never come to pass. I worry for nothing. An interesting statistic is that when emergency vehicles respond to an emergency, lights and siren and speeding and blowing intersections, 94, 95, 96% of the time, it would have made no difference. If they'd have went without lights or sirens, the outcome would have ended up the same. And most of the time, if I can trust God to accomplish his will, then it really doesn't matter if you're doing it the way I think you should do it or not. What matters is that I don't judge you. What matters is, is that I, even if you mess up, I allow love to cover a multitude of sins. In James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8, James writes, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early rain and the latter? You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. We said that discord causes division, which is the opposite of unity, and Tricia did not know what my sermon notes were. But starting in Ephesians verses four, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, Paul pens. Well, actually, the scribe pen, probably Paul was speaking under the, the uh, holy, influence of the Holy Spirit. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling to which you were called. You all have a calling. In fact, you have more than one calling. Because you want, first of all, you've all been called to be Christians. And second of all, you've all been called to be some part of the body of Christ. Maybe a mouth, 
maybe a big toe, maybe a little toe. You think those aren't important? Stub one. Drop, drop a rock on one and watch your toenail come off and see if it doesn't matter. Or lose a toe and see if it doesn't matter. Don't do any of those things, please. You won't like it. But you have been called as Christians. Therefore, I beseech you, walk worthy of the calling in which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness. With long-suffering patience. Bearing with one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Again in, in chapter 4 verses 30 through 32. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. I don't care what anybody has done to me personally. They don't owe me near what I owe God for the things I've done against him. And yet in Christ, God has forgiven me. And so I choose to forgive them in Christ. In summation, let love cover a multitude of sins. Don't let our differences come between the family we have all been adopted into through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, we should no longer be Catholics or Lutherans or Presbyterians or non-denominational or charismatic. We should be us. Because you see, if, we have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We're all part of the same family. doesn't matter where we choose to worship or too much the, mad, the, the, the manner in which we choose to worship. What matters is we are all brothers and sisters. And we need to look at each other that way. Inside of, inside of the body we fellowship in, we need to look at each other as brothers and sisters. And outside in the other parts of the body of Christ, we need to look at them as us, brothers and sisters. And when there are areas that we don't agree on, let love cover a multitude of sins. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you, Lord, repenting of the times that we have not allowed love to cover a multitude of sins. Because, Father, it's in those times that discord creeps, creeps in. It's in those times that we lose sight of who we are in you and who others are.
in you. And so, Father, we ask for your forgiveness. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your strength, for your words to lead us and guide us to be a lamp unto our path, a light unto our feet, or a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. Father, the only agenda we want is to be obedient to your will, to do things the way you've asked us to do them, to bring you honor and glory, and through our lives to proclaim that you sent Jesus Christ into this world to forgive our sins and cleanse us of unrighteousness, to bring peace and joy. And for this we do give you thanks and praise, for you are so worthy. We love you, Father. And we are grateful for your Holy Spirit's presence with each of us, living in us, guiding us, helping us, teaching us. In Jesus' name, amen.